You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio. You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Uh, thank you for tuning in and, and listening, especially this morning, because this morning I have my specialist, 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 special guest of all time. Uh, this is a lady who changed my life, changed my wife's life. She went from being feeling very, very sick to becoming incredibly healthy and changed our three children's lives and has changed lives all over the world and was a lady prescient in understanding what was happening to the world with Big Pharma and Big Food Tech and experts within government and coming to us from Maryland, I think, Sally, <laughs> is Sally Falun Morrell. She set up and was chairperson. She's now on the board of I'm still running it. <laughs> still running it. Oh, oh yeah, my hand. goodness. <laughs> of the Western A Price uh, Foundation. And I have said on the show before that there's only one diet book that is scientific. And that's a book that Dr. Weston A. Price wrote with his wife called Human Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. And there's one cookbook that you need <laughs> written by Sally called Nourishing Traditions. And the reason for this book being so special is that Dr. Price and his wife were able to undertake the most remarkable study and they just had a one window in which to do it, which was to fly around the world in the 1930s, including to New Zealand, and study and compare traditional diets with modern diets. And oh my goodness, here to tell us about the results and what it means is the very gorgeous Sally, who's especially famous to us in New Zealand because her husband, Jeffrey, is a Kiwi. Sally, good morning. Thank you, Rodney. It is it, lovely to be with you. It's just lovely to see you again. Oh, well, look, listeners don't have the video that I have, and to see you beaming so radiantly, it bringing tears to my eyes because <laughs> truly um, – my wife was a professional athlete and she suffered horrific chronic fatigue. Um, uh, my health wasn't good. And we met you. We studied Dr. Weston A. Price. We have nourishing traditions as our cookbook. And our three kids were born and grew up incredibly healthy because when our kids were young, well, before they were born, we decided to put a big effort into what you should feed them. Right, right. Actually, one of the things Dr. Price found in these healthy traditional cultures, including the Maori, <clears throat> was that they had special feeding before conception, during pregnancy, during yes. lactation, and the period of growth. And these foods were very nutrient-dense foods. They included things like fish eggs, Always liver was one of the foods. Um, butter from grass-fed cows. Of course, that wasn't among the traditional Maoris, but that was in Europe. Um, shellfish was another one. Organ meats. Uh, blood was a very important food in many of these cultures. And we know that blood is extremely nutrient-dense. Uh, animal fats. So butter, uh, lard, um, drippings. <laughs> Poultry fats. I think of the special bird they had in um, the, what was it called? The bird with had so much fat. Oh, mutton bird. The, the mutton bird. bird. <laughs> mutton bird. Yes. Um, so it is the exact uh, and and this prepared them for pregnancy. It built up the mother's nutritional stores before she conceived, and then provided the optimal nutritional uh, milieu for the growing fetus and then for the child. And what did Dr. Price find? 
these people were, first of all, extremely handsome. They had broad faces. The bones were very strong in the face, and they had plenty of room for the teeth. So all of them were had straight teeth. So you can imagine coming from a, you know, American culture where people had terrible teeth and coming into a culture where everyone has these beautiful, sparkling, broad teeth. And this was striking. He found it everywhere he went up on the traditional diets. Because logically, it doesn't make sense that God or nature or both would make a human being with crooked teeth or <laughs> teeth that didn't work, you know, and you don't see animals having problems with their teeth. That's right. That's right. And unless unless they're pets, sometimes they do have. Yeah, yeah. Teeth and, yeah. And, and we've all seen those pictures of happy African children. Yes. Yes. yes on the yes. news or in National Geographic, and of course, National Geographic is especially important to the story, and these beautiful, white, gleaming teeth and a full mouth of teeth, no no crookedness or buckledness. Yeah, all the wisdom teeth, everything. Yeah, and, and, and teeth- of course, it was the buckling of the jaw mm-hmm. was uh, as the first sign of poor nutrition, right, Absolutely. and not having enough room for your teeth. For the teeth, exactly, and it showed up in one generation. It's not genetic it's nutritional and of course when the face is broad and the teeth are naturally straight it's a sign that the whole body has been formed with the optimal nutrition so everything works the heart works the pancreas works Mm. the bones are very strong and this posture is straight and in the head and this is very important because the face is broad there's room for the pineal gland the pituitary gland. And I especially often focus on the hypothalamus, which is right in the middle of the head. And that is the master gland. And it is also uh, the seat. It is the gland that produces the cuddly hormone. Mm. Uh, I think it's called oxytocin. And then it is also the seat of impulse control. Oh, interesting. Yes. And so you think of these traditional cultures, they were stoic, you know, they had good impulse control. Um, but what we see in our young people today is lack of impulse control. They can't sit still, they can't concentrate. And very often they end up on drugs, addicted, and so forth. And a lot of this comes from the prenatal nutrition. Well, my poor wife uh, was a professional athlete and she followed religiously her training regime and what Mm -hmm. she needed to be to be the best in the world. And of course she had a nutritionist. right? Uh, Yes. (laughs) And they were following science and government advice. And when you look at what she was eating, Sally, it it was horrific, you know, like one egg a week. You know, eggs, eggs yeah. were gonna were killers, and absolutely uh, no fat. Fat, yeah. And and she became so run down. Yeah. And then then she got sick, and of course no fermented food. So her microbiome and her gut was completely washed out, yeah. and we got on the Western A price diet, and we had some uh, holistic medical help which diagnosed the problem with her gut honest to god she just bounced back and has never looked back and then went on to have three beautiful healthy children god knows what it would have been like if she'd had children without uh proper nutrition she probably would not have gotten pregnant there was a study there was a study in at harvard a few years ago where they looked at women who were having trouble getting pregnant and like they were all dutifully consuming low fat dairy products. So they put them on high, half the group on high fat dairy products. And those were the ones who were able to get pregnant. And this was very embarrassing for them because this is Harvard university. They've been pushing the low fat for all these years. 
but they could only get pregnant when they went on the high fat dairy products. So they said, well, if you can't get pregnant, get on the high fat dairy until you get pregnant. And then you can go back to your low fat. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So don't you think that the diet that gets you pregnant is the diet you need to eat while you're pregnant? And one thing I want, one thing, go ahead. Now you got one thing I want, one thing I wanted to say We've all had a big wake-up call in the last few years, mm-hmm. and we've all seen that the things that the government recommends, like COVID vaccines, mm-hmm. are killing us. Mm-hmm. And this is a long-term policy to impose colonialism on mm-hmm. the world. And it started a long time ago with the USDA dietary guidelines. Mm-hmm. And these guidelines were totally against animal fats. You use uh, industrial seed oils instead. Very high fiber, which is very hard to digest. So low fat, high fiber, uh, few animal foods, and no salt or low salt. And this is a death diet. It doesn't happen overnight, but it happens over a generation or two. It leads to complete infertility. It leads to a lowering of the IQ because we need our brains need salt, and it also leads to um, sexual uh, dimorphism because our bodies need animal fats to produce hormones. You know that um, testosterone and estrogen are made out of cholesterol, and mm-hmm. if you're on a low cholesterol diet, it's hard to make those things. So the dietary guidelines are the death guidelines. And it is very hard for people to realize this. You know, I'm out there saying you need fat, you need to eat butter, you need to cook in lard, you need, you know, no, no uh, oils. And it is so hard for people to, to get over the years of indoctrination well, about how we should eat. What we've learned, particularly seen so graphically, especially here in New Zealand the last three years, is how propaganda works over and over and over. And it's very easy to suspend common sense. And it's very easy to go along with the official story because this is what government says. And when you look at how we industrialized our food production, um, it's truly shocking. And of course, now we have exactly what Dr. Price and his, I always mention his wife because she was so lovely. <laughs> Dr. Price and his wife observed was these diseases of modern civilization. Yes. which you now know because once you see it, you can't unsee it yeah. and you're walking around the world looking at these particularly children that are suffering from living a modern lifestyle and moving away in the interests of big pharma, big ag, and government experts who are funded um, by these industries to, as you say, a diet that is a death diet. It absolutely is. Now tell me, sorry. I just want to say, you know, New Zealand has one of the best traditional diets of the world. Mm. You have beautiful shellfish. You have this gorgeous New Zealand butter. You ate organ meats. You had, when you, you know, when my husband killed a lamb the first night you had Lamb fry, you ate the liver and the kidneys. Uh, You you can still get raw milk in New Zealand, and I think uh, you should. You've got beautiful pasture. Uh, You have everything you need to be healthy in New Zealand. Well, it's funny you mentioned raw milk. Well, it's not funny. It's a tragedy we used to get for many, many years. We got the most beautiful raw milk. Uh, and when we say raw milk, uh, listeners, it's milk straight from the cow. It's not pasteurized, which actually takes the good bugs out of the milk. And you're going to hear 
on my show, whenever we talk food, the importance of good bugs, because that's what changed my wife's life. Good bugs and not homogenized, not all chopped up. And I remember I hadn't drunk milk since I was a, almost a boy. And I got this first glass of raw milk and I drank it. And it was like going back to my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The taste of that raw milk yeah. was so delicious. And I went to bed that night and I slept like a baby and woke up refreshed. My dear mother was beside herself because from the moment or oh, my babies, when they were being weaned, they had raw milk. And my mother said, you're going to kill them <laughs> because <laughs> she had been absolutely propagandized by uh, yes, Funkit yes. Society that to give your kids, we had cows growing up, but you weren't to give your kids that milk. And my kids, they still get up in the morning and have raw milk and kefir. But the the family, the, this beautiful couple that grew this raw, delicious milk, scrupulous. I used to visit their farm. They were always being hounded yes. by the authorities. They brought out new legislation from Parliament. They had lawyers involved to comply. They had legal advice that how they were doing it to supply raw milk to willing consumers, and they were prosecuted and convicted. Yeah. And destroyed. We felt very badly about that. Now, uh, there still is some raw milk in New Zealand, yes. but, of course, it's very difficult to comply. The standards are extremely strict. Now, Sally, I'd like to take you right back to the beginning, and I'd like you to tell us about Dr. Weston A. Price. Well, he was a dentist. He was had a practice in Cleveland, Ohio. And he was a man who asked probing questions. And the question he kept asking is, why are my patients so sick? Why do every mouth I open has decay and uh, infection? Uh, and they have crowded and crooked teeth. And you mentioned National Geographic because he had a nephew who worked for the National Geographic. And all these uh, explorers and anthropologists were going out to uh, remote regions. And the report always came back what beautiful teeth they had. And the photographs. Yeah, well, those were taken by, yeah, there were some photographs, early, early photographs. But Dr. Price decided to see for himself. So for 10 years, every summer, he went to a remote part of the globe, took his camera, and he. Uh, the first thing he would do when, for example, the first place he went was a Swiss village. He um, uh, got the permission of the elders and lined everybody up and counted cavities. So that part of his research was very precise, scientific. It was published in peer-reviewed uh, dental journals. But he also described their overall state of health, the, the foods that they ate, and he took samples of the foods back to his laboratory in Cleveland, Ohio, and analyzed them for vitamins and minerals. And the, the bottom line of all this is these healthy diets were extremely rich in vitamins and minerals. They were very high in minerals, four times higher in, or even more than the American diet of his day. But they were really high in the fat-soluble vitamins. And these are vitamins A, D, and K, which we don't get from many places in our food. We get them from fats, animal fats. We get them from organ meats. Uh, we get them from um, uh, certain types of seafood, shellfish, uh, fish eggs. And these were, of course, the foods that these people uh, emphasized in their diets. And this was in the 1930s? Yes, he started in 1931. Uh, went to about 1941, and the book came out in 1945. And what I found, it's a beautiful book to read. Yes, the photographs are just unforgettable. 
Mm. A picture tells a thousand words. Mm. And when you see the comparison of the healthy traditional people with people of the same race, same genetics, just one generation later after the processed food came in. Mm. Or in the case of those um, islands of Scotland, the, the Western Isles, Yes. The difference literally between one village where the trading ships came and a village 10 kilometers or 10 miles away, night and day. Yes, yes. And then he could, when he went to Switzerland, he's high up in this valley that no one could get to. It was like a two day hike. And he just, was it a period in history where you could fly around the world, just starting, roads were going in, and yet there were still these isolated yes. people living as they had done for literally thousands of years. Yeah. And it, he, another couple of years, like the first place he went, Switzerland, the Swiss village, he, there was no roads to the village. You had to walk, as you say. Mm. Um, two years later, that was gone. Mm. And as soon as the roads came into these Swiss villages, stores came in. See, they didn't have stores before. They no. produced all their own food. But the stores came in full of what he was what he called the displacing foods of modern commerce, foods based on sugar, white flour, chocolate came in, canned condensed milk. They were no longer drinking raw milk. And then what I call the worst of them all, the industrial seed oils Mm. so that's what was killing people then and is killing people today and one of the wonderful things he did was he came to new zealand and ahead of coming here he wrote to sir aparananata who is a iconic maori leader at the time maori mp maori lawyer wonderful wonderful man and uh sought his advice and he and his wife traveled up the east coast of the North Island and met Maori living traditionally. And he reported the healthiest people he'd ever seen. Yes, yes, yes. And we see Maori, when you look back to reports in history of not long after the Europeans arrived, their health destroyed. Yes, yes. It was such and, a temptation, yeah. And they never tasted sugar before. Never, or alcohol, sugar, alcohol. Or tea, coffee, you know, all of these uh, yeah. curses. Curses. And um, it is so stark. And yet, here's the thing, Sally. It's impossible to read this book and not have your life shattered. Well, we hope so. <laughs> mm, but <laughs> we hope your life gets shattered. It is shattering. And you and it's inarguable because yes. it's there. And it's not a theory. I, yeah, it's there. <laughs> and you know, to change you do need to break things. Mm. But and, what happened when he came back? How come this didn't revolutionize American diet? Well, at first it was uh, widely accepted his book was used in anthropology classes at harvard university if you can imagine that wow i did not know that yes so he had a few years of acceptance but of course the powers that be didn't they don't want us to be healthy there's no money in healthy people and there's no money in the kind of foods that you need to eat to be healthy no so uh, one of the first things that happened is he was asked to endorse um, Wonder Bread. And Wonder Bread is this white, fluffy bread. They add vitamins to, and that's going to be good for you. And he, Dr. Price refused. And the other thing was the, he, he was head of research for the National um, Dental Association, and they asked them to endorse fluoride. And he said, well, these healthy people didn't take fluoride and they had no cavities. So you know what happened? Overnight, they set up a new uh, society, the American Dental Association. They did endorse fluoride and also amalgams. And 
95% of all the dentists switched from Dr. Price's organization to the new one. So he, he you know, he was not going to bow down to the powers that be. And um, he died really kind of a lonely, broken man, I think. Um, not and, not knowing and, what would happen with his research. And of course, he had great success, as I understand it. Please correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. I'm relying on what I read 10 years ago. Actually, no, no, no. Um, longer. Mm-hmm. But he found that he could literally fit with children, repair cavities. Yes, yes, he could. By giving them nutrient-rich fish oil and uh, a treatment. Cod liver oil. Cod liver oil. It was two Uh, things. It was uh, cod liver oil, what he called it, high vitamin cod liver oil, and what he called high vitamin butter oil. Yes, that's right. Which was a butter that he centrifuged and got an oil from. And he gave those two things together. And that was like a miraculous cure for uh, bone problems, tooth decay, depression. And we now know the reason in the cod liver oil, you have vitamins A and D. But there was this third vitamin, which he called the X factor. We now know that's vitamin K2. And these three vitamins work together in, in a powerful way. So uh, we do recommend that people take a natural cod liver oil. Please only use our recommended brands because most of the commercial brands are have been heated several times. So natural cod liver oil and then sources of vitamin K, that would be butter, egg yolks, poultry fat, uh, cheese. Uh, those kind of foods. So that's that that's the land and sea, so so to speak. Yes, you want and that balance. Course, and of course, the dentists were horrified because their business was drilling teeth. Yeah, exactly. You mean you want to actually show them how to cure cavities? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, um, and here, well, I'm going to come to that. How did you come across? Western A Price, Sally. I've never known the answer to that. Yeah. So um, I discovered his book in about 1974. My, um, and it resonated with me for the reason that I came from a family of foodies. We all like to cook. We loved French cuisine. So we ate butter and cream and eggs and liver and all these things already. And the book, uh, oh, I thought I'm doing things right. I'm doing things right. And I had already had one child who was very healthy, a beautiful little girl. And I, my, I, my diet then actually improved because I put more emphasis on these things. And I had three more boys and none of my children needed braces. They all had straight teeth. And I came from a family where we all needed braces. In fact, my dad used to sit at the table and say, I don't understand that your mom and I have naturally straight teeth and perfect eyesight. How come all you kids need braces and glasses? So so, um, even though we had a pretty good diet, it wasn't enough to um, maintain the optimal expression of the genetic potential. But you can turn it around, which I was able to do. So you came across across this book, right? Yeah. You fell over it in the library? No, no, I had bought it and brought it home and read it. Wow. So, um, and, and you didn't know anyone else into Western A. Price then? Well, there was the Price Pottinger Nutrition Foundation. I okay. became a member. Okay. Uh, but after my, when my youngest was five, <clears throat> I suddenly got this idea. I had more time because he was in school now. I suddenly got the idea to do a cookbook that would put Dr. Price's work into practical form for people. Beautiful book. And uh, the idea took hold of me. I kept trying to dismiss it. Oh, this is crazy. We don't need another cookbook. But it just became an obsession. So I started working on the cookbook. 
<laughs> and this book, uh, listeners, is a beautiful book called Nourishing Traditions. I have since finding out about Western A. Price become a cook, and I have two cookbooks, uh, Nourishing Traditions and Julia Child's cookbook. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and it's all I need, but I dismiss some of her um, hand-waving to the modern um, shillabaliths at the time that she felt she had to deviate from traditional um, French cooking. And um, uh, so I, I dismiss that. They are all the cookbooks I have because there's a funny story I read that something about uh, that would be the same for New Zealand. The average American has um, 30 cookbooks or something. And... Yeah. Um, cook at home 30 times a year or something. Right. They're more cookbooks than they cook at home. And of course right. our mothers, our mothers might have had an Edmunds cookbook for baking and that was it, but they learned to cook as young girls. Yeah. Um now you then set up the Western A Price Foundation. Is, have I got the name correct? The Western A Price Foundation we felt we needed an organization that was more turned towards the public. Uh, hardly anyone knew about Dr. Price. So we, um, uh, we try to make his message available in as many forms as possible. So we have a journal, we have these little flyers, which are kind of sound bites. We have a podcast that's very popular. We have local chapters who have meetings. But the whole idea, I, I feel like we're in the 11th hour, Rodney. Uh, we don't have much time left to mm. turn this around. And we just need to get this message out to as many people as will hear it. Not everybody yeah. will hear it or listen to it or change because of it. But You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. You have one of my favorite human beings, a human being that has helped me more than probably any other single human being. Um, it's Sally Falloon Morale, <laughs> and she heads up, started and heads up the Western A. Price Foundation, who was just this wonderful, wonderful researcher. And the research and our traditions and the way we used to live and should live have been overwhelmed by big tech, big pharma, big ag, and government experts who, I believe, to put it politely, have been in the pay and service oh, of yes. these big industries. And, of course, more and more New Zealanders, Sally, have become awake to the misinformation, to coin a modern phrase, of governments and so-called health experts through this whole horrific COVID era. And of course, once you see it, again, it's like Western A Price, you can't unsee it. And it's a <laughs> horrifying, it's a horrifying thought. And I, I feel for my former friends. <laughs> and I say former <laughs> friends genuinely because, you know, my family were outcasts. Like Many of our listeners, we were outcast from New Zealand because we wouldn't take the jab. We didn't believe that the virus would kill us. We didn't trust um, the experts. We couldn't understand how this jab could be safe and effective or that they could know. And we couldn't understand this overwhelming necessity to jab our kids. And yet, the government every day, over and over and over and over, and then the mandates. If your kids were over 12, thank God mine were under 12. They couldn't do sport, couldn't go on school camps, were um, reviled. They had to give up that information in class, whether they were vaccinated, even when they're under 12. And of course, if you didn't get a jab, you lost your job. Now, once you question that, 
and you saw that there was no ability to ask the question or to debate it, you saw something terrible, something wrong in the governments around the world. And we were fortunate because we had been exposed to the Western A Prize Foundation. And so we had seen it with the dietary guidelines. We had seen it with this vaccine madness for our kids where they were giving vaccine after vaccine after vaccine. We had seen it. And so it wasn't such a shock. But now so many people have been shocked into this. But none of this would have surprised you. No, no. Uh, well, you're uh, you're sort of taken aback at the effrontery of these people. Yes. How they can get away with giving out this misinformation. And, and of course, most of the people doing it really believe it. They really mm. believe it. So, but as I say, um, one of the most important things to realize is the campaign against animal fats is wrong. And the, I always say the first thing to do to improve your health is to get your fats right. Mm. Go back to using beautiful butter and cooking with uh, pig fat and drippings, um, bird don't know skinless chicken breasts. You know you want the fat of the birds. Mm. It's good mm. nutrition there. Well, and what you'll find is that your food is so much more satisfying and fun to eat. Yes, and you, I'm not the best example of portion control, Sally, but you do find a satiation. Because yes. if you're on a modern diet, you're forever hungry yep. because your body is calling out for nutrition. It's screaming yeah. for it. It is and, screaming for nourishment, yes. And again, here's another great observation, is that there never used to be fat kids. There's some great old films of New York in 1911. Yeah. Nobody's fat. Nobody's fat. And they're they all eat butter and they all the food's fried in lard and um yeah. No one's fat. And now yeah. no one's slim. Yeah. And yeah. and of course the fascinating thing about that is it wasn't that they were poor. No, was, oh no. Yeah, they, like they, they 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 could afford to eat. Uh, Americans they, ate tons of meat. We yes. we ate meat with every meal. Yes. Sausage and bacon and eggs and cheese. We it was a very high animal food diet. Yes, and they have this wonderful health. And I mean, I'm 66 to give it away. And when I was growing up, there might be one or two overweight kids in the school. Mm -hmm. And now at a school, um, particularly, may I say. Um, in poorer areas yes. and in Maori and Pacific Island communities that are more recent, generationally speaking, converts to the modern diet, obesity is the oh. rule. Yeah. And these kids are starving. They're starving, but they're obese, yes. Now, one of the things that Weston A. Price Foundation has talked about a lot are the additives, MSG, Mm -hmm. which is in all processed food. Now, the industry says there's nothing wrong with MSG. It's been completely vindicated, but this is not true. Uh, the, there is a wonderful study showing that people who in China who use more MSG in their cooking end up fat, whereas those who don't use it end up slim. The other thing about MSG is it affects the hypothalamus. We're back to this hypothalamus again. Mm. The master gland, the seat of impulse control, uh, the seat of the uh, cuddling hormone. Um, it just messes up your brain and your thinking. And that's in all processed food. Mm. Of course, the other wonderful thing, and we'll come back to the Western A Prize Foundation and resources in a second, but the, one, the other wonderful thing about Western A Prize Foundation, Western A Prize, Western A Prize Foundation, traditional food, is it becomes 
a lifestyle. So it's not yeah. just about what you eat, it's how you eat. And we have become, we eat now like our great grandparents ate. So eating is a big deal. Yeah. You know, you sit because down at the we, table, we cook, you eat yes. Together. You don't eat between meals. No. And there's a discipline to sitting down together. You learn the art of conversation. Yes. You can't interrupt. You, uh, you know, you, you learn um, to be, make pleasant, interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. And all of these skills are being lost because of the chaotic way that people eat today. Mm. And, um, and then you get the delicious, Gosh, when I started cooking, Sally, I couldn't cook. I didn't know how to boil an egg, you know. And my wife always complains when I mention that, that nor could she. So I, one of us had to start learning. And I find nothing more satisfying than cooking for yeah. my children. Yeah. And I find nothing more satisfying than having them all sitting up at the table waiting for dinner and not eating before dinner and then putting out a dish wouldn't compare to the dishes you can make, but oh, it's still pretty do. good. And <laughs> I, I've got very good at baking sourdough bread uh, after, after a while and you put all this delicious food out and then you sit down and um, we give thanks Yes. And we enjoy, as you say, a very nutritious meal. And how was your day? What happened yeah. at school? Yeah. Yes. Right. And that doesn't happen now. I'm afraid very little. I think the people who get into our lifestyle are doing this, having meals cooking for their children. And I love what you say. There's nothing more satisfying in life than preparing nutritious food nothing. for your children and seeing them sit down and enjoy it. I have to tell listeners that um, we got, uh, with Sally's help and advice, one of the things that we did um, before we had children, because we had to get my wife's health back and we got it back. And it was entirely through good nutrition and exactly what Sally said about, you know, extra emphasis um, to get her, back, her health back. And then we learned to maintain it. And when I had little babies, we started weaning them and we'd get the raw milk and we'd make this fermented uh, kefir. And Sally advised in her book, I used to take um, kefir. I'd put a raw egg in it. I'd put salt in it. I'd put a bone broth in it, a big slug of bone broth, which is just boiled bones. I used to put a little chunk of raw liver in it. And I used to put a banana, and I still do. I put a banana in it, and I'd whiz it up. My poor mother would have a fit saying, you can't feed that to kids because, you know, even her, you know, she grew up in an era where they'd introduced food for babies in a can. I know. I know. <laughs> and I'd give this to my kids. Do you know, they're 12 years old, and every morning, they have that drink. And even, what, uh, you've, you've done more. I don't think I could get my kids to, to drink. Well, one, ha, one has stopped. I, I gave I gave one. a um, My bone broth had got a little old, I think, and it had a bit of a smell, you know, a bit of a whiff, and she's very sensitive, and she says, that's it. But she still has the kefir. But yeah. um, they, if we go away for a day, like stay at someone's house or, or, or go camping, they get a bit upset because they're not having this um, start to their day. And I, I always think of like Rocky getting up when he's training and having those raw eggs. But it is so amazing to watch. And we've decided 
not to deny them food, but we've explained it to them. And they love sweets. Man, oh, man. They they die for sweets, kids. When they have sweets, because they don't normally eat sugar, they go off their heads. They become, when they were little, they would become uncontrollable. And then they can't stop eating. They become irritable for 24 hours or 48 hours. You've got a nightmare on your hands. And so I've explained to them how sugar is poison. right? <laughs> and so they don't take sweets now. And I used to take them occasionally to McDonald's. And we'd sit there. And this was very special, all the color. And you eat out and you get a little have meal. They've gone off that now. Yeah. I think when you're eating real food, good food, your cravings go away and you actually don't like the taste of processed food. Mm, now, food. now we get, there'll be people listening. You're on Real Talk Radio with Rodney Hyde. We're talking to uh, Sally Falloon Morrell, the head honcho and foundation of the great Western A. Price Foundation. Now, how do we get the resources? How do okay. we get the books? Okay. So the website is westonaprice.org. And if you are new to the website, over on the right-hand nav bar is take a tour. Uh, take a tour of the website. Uh, we have memberships, and we have quite a few members in New Zealand, and okay. we have some local chapters in New Zealand. So New Zealand's a big, active country for us. We have a podcast. I should say, I should say, interrupting that the Western A Prize Foundation was well represented in the River of Filth at our parliamentary protest. So oh, that oh, was good. wonderful to meet up with foundation members and people that I'd met years and years ago. Okay. And you have a podcast, yes? We have a podcast. Uh, we have, if you become a member, you get all these neat little um, trifolds, which kind of put our information in bite-sized pieces. Then uh, my books, uh, my main book is Nourishing Traditions. I have a website, newtrendspublishing.com. But I think, do you have a New Zealand Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. All on Amazon. And I have a website, and it's called nourishingtraditions.com, where I hold forth on all sorts of subjects. Uh, anyway, you can have a look at nourishingconditions.com. And you have the wonderful book I've just remembered for babies. Yes, I have the Nourishing Traditions Book of Baby and Child Care. That's right. That is so yeah. wonderful. And your research expert, sadly passed, who co-wrote, or you put her name on, I don't know how it works. What's this? Mary Innig. Oh, Mary is no longer with us. Yes. Um, but what a little. wonderful woman. Yes, yes. And she held her grounds against the industrial seed oils. And for that, she never got any research contracts in her life. Brilliant researcher. And so they do ostracize people who go against the stream. So well, I guess it's, it's a badge it's, of honor. Yeah. It brings it all back to me. That's why I can't stop talking. But it's just amazing, isn't it, that um, a rubbish food like cornflakes or wheat bicks, I don't know what you have, all these breakfast cereals that come in a box, and that's healthy food, and eggs and bacon with a bit of lamb, right? Yeah. And sourdough toast is will kill you. How do you achieve that? That is that is weapons grade propaganda. Oh, absolutely, Rodney. Um, <laughs> by the way, I just wrote a an article. Let's see, it's called "The War on Good Breakfast," uh, which is uh, at my blog, nourishingtraditions.com. Mm, wonderful. Now uh, I'm going to. Uh, it's so it's so wonderful to talk to you, <laughs> New Zealanders. You're listening. Trust me. No matter how old you are. No matter how late in your life it is, no matter how you feel, nothing improves you better if you've been on bad food to eat a Dr. Weston A. Price, a nourishing traditions diet, 
please try it. It'll change your life. Literally, a glass of milk just Warm gave me milk. a yeah, raw milk just yeah. gave me not only a satisfying drink, but a night's sleep. And I woke up calm. Yeah. 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 Our body. Our body's screaming out for us. You've been, you, we've had the wonderful. Have you got one last thing to say to Kiwis, Sally? Uh, <laughs> uh, just go back to your traditional diet. You have the best butter in the world. In best butter New in the world. Best we go, the world. We go through yeah. gallons of it. Yes, I remember when you, I remember when you came to New Zealand and people being horrified that you would put butter, I think, in your coffee or your tea. I can't no, remember. No, no, I don't drink coffee and tea. But um, uh, What was it you did with your butter? You took it, like, in big I put gulps. it on everything. I put it on everything. <laughs> <laughs> and my teeth wife. Marks, teeth marks in the butter. That's right. That's right. And And my wife, I mean, she was a professional athlete training four or five hours a day. And when she started to take a lot of butter she she lost weight you know like yeah. in a good way yes yes it's it's the most astonishing thing she said oh god i mean i don't know whether this is good for me but eating butter and bacon yeah. <laughs> and eggs that's a good way to live and then blow me down oh my goodness sally you are a wonderful gift what's your message to kiwis uh well go back to your traditional diets and you'll be you and your children will be so much better for it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your life's work. You are, you must get so many great emails and stories <laughs> of, of wonderful. And I, I look at my three kids and um, so healthy and oh, that's great. I have no doubt it's because of you promoting Western A Price. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Rodney. Lovely to talk to you. And hello to all you Kiwis there. We we think of you often. What's yes. Going well, on. We're, we've been to hell and back these past few yeah. years, but it's made us stronger. Thank you yeah. so much. Thanks, Rodney. You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio.